This month's episodes are sponsored by Crossway, publisher of the English Standard Version of the Bible and many helpful Bible resources, such as the ESV Bible with Creeds and Confessions. This resource contains 13 important creeds and confessions from church history placed after the ESV text, including the Apostles' Creed, the Belgic Confession, and the Heidelberg Catechism. With introductions written by Chad Van Dixhorn, you will come away with a better grasp of history and original purpose of each historical articulation of the Christian faith. Available in True Tone, True Tone Overboard, and Premium Goatskin Leather. Learn more at crossway.org. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. This is episode 103, and we are finishing off our series on manhood. We've been working through the six words, worship, work, protect, provide, lead, and love. I hope it's been helpful, and today we finish with love. Let's pray. Lord, we ask that you'd lead this time. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would help me to take the words that are on the paper and put it into that microphone, and it would go into the ears of these men, that you would help us to be all that you've called us to be. And this word love, we're so thankful that we know that you are love, that we love you because you have first loved us. You've been so kind. So from that place of, of experiencing and knowing your love, help us to be what you've called us to be in this area. And uh, God, I trust you're going to help. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay. Hope you're doing well. If you've not yet signed up for the giveaway, the Crossway giveaway, we have a really great Creeds and Confessions Bible that we are giving away in partnership with Crossway. They've been a great sponsor for the month. And this Creeds and Confessions Bible is a goatskin Bible. So it's one of the legacy versions or legacy or heritage version, whatever it's called. It's a lifetime warranty, great paper, great binding, and they, they sent me one in advance. It's phenomenal. And so when my Bible wears out, I've got one of these lifetime Bibles as well, and it's really held up. I've been preaching from this since 2000, I don't know, 14, and it got ran over on the highway. I put it on top of my car and let it fly off the top of my car. I didn't know it was there. And then a car ran over it, and it's still fine. I picked it up and pushed the creases out and have been preaching from it ever since. And so these are really quality Bibles. And so follow the link in the show notes and sign up if you can. And why not one more product? Shout out. I'm drinking uh, Black Rifle Coffee Company, and I switched from Murdered Out Blend to Blackbeard's Delight, and hey, it's really good. There's a free plug, Black Rifle. All right, we're talking about love. As men, we are called to love the Lord in the same way that Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 says that we are to forgive one another as God in Christ has forgiven us. We are to love other people in the way we have experienced God's love. And this is seen in several different places. But first, let's talk about the experience of God's love as a Christian. So this is both for men and women. And the application of love comes out in masculine and feminine ways. And specifically, we're talking about manhood. But first, let's look at Ephesians chapter 3 and the prayer that Paul prays for the church at Ephesus. He prays that the church in Ephesus would have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. You know, the interesting thing about the prayers of Paul in the book of Ephesians to the church at Ephesus is that he's praying things he's presupposing they don't currently have. 
which really will mess you up a little bit. If you look at Paul's prayer in Ephesians chapter 1, what's he praying for specifically? I mean, it's, it's very fascinating. And then in chapter 3, he's, he's praying for them that Christ would dwell in their hearts through faith. I mean, doesn't Christ already dwell in their hearts through faith? I mean, they're regenerate. They're born again. They have the Spirit of God indwelling them. But there's something that Paul is doing here that we should take notice of. He's wanting them to experience something they aren't currently experiencing, but all the other saints are experiencing. And it is the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. And as we talk about the love for God, love for our wives, love for our children, and love for the church, we have to start with this firm foundation of knowing that we are loving people and being trained to love people by experiencing the love of God ourselves. Men, do you love God? Better yet, have you experienced the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge? This is a huge question. What, what in the world is Paul even asking here? You've got to get a, an answer to that. And then you've got to ask and answer the question yourself. Have you experienced the love of God that surpasses knowledge? Is Christ dwelling in your heart through faith in that way? And the prayer that Paul prays, which is ripped out of context all the time and applied to, I mean, various scenarios. He prays not to him who is able, in this benediction that's often read, not him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we could ask or think according to the power working within us. I mean, God is able to do this. This prayer, that benediction, is in response to praying that we would experience the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. And so men, everything else we're talking about here has its foundation rooted in experiencing this love that is not just cognitive. This is experiential. So let's work through love of God, love of our family, love for the church, and even love for our nation. Number one, love of God. We love God because he first loved us. The Holy Spirit inspired John the Revelator to write those words we love God because he first loved us. Everything we do as men, we take ourselves into every situation and we ourselves, us personally, me, Jared Sparks, I have experienced the love of God. God has been kind to me. He has forgiven me. He has lavished his love upon me. And everything I do flows out of that. I the training ground for being the man that God has called me to be is leaning into what God has done for me in Christ Jesus Man, this is crucial. We never get past this. Do you know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge? And so press into God's word. Pray, God, help me to experience your love day in and day out. This love I know about, help me to experience. We love God. This isn't going anywhere. Uh, the rest of our lives, we're going to do what God has called us to do. And I want you to plant your flag in the ground and be the, be the kind of man that says, by the grace of God, come hell or high water, no matter what, like, like Job, I mean, when the Lord gives, when the Lord takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord, I'm going to walk with him all the days of my life. Be resolved. We need men who know how to make resolutions and walk in them by the grace of God and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Be that kind of man. Be committed to loving God all the days of your life. Take up your cross and follow Jesus. That's what. He, that's the invitation. Take up, this, take up your cross and follow him all the days of your life. Okay, then, who are we to love? As we're loving God, who are we to love? Well, others. Okay, we know that. Love God, love others. Who are the others that are in our immediate proximity that we are called to love the most? Well, first, the one flesh. If you're married, we are called to love our wives as Christ loved the church. Again, as we're experiencing the love of Christ, we are the church, men. We are a part of the bride of Christ. It's a really kind of an odd thing, which means we're experiencing 
Christ's love for us, for his bride. And so because we've experienced his love and we are experiencing his love and care for us, we then translate that into how we love our wives. This is a very active love. It's not a passive love. We are actively pursuing and loving our wives, and we do this unconditionally. How has Christ loved his church? Unconditionally. Men, there is not a scenario here where we love our wives if they're submitting to us, or if they're loving us well, or if they're doing what we want them to do. We love our wives regardless of what they're doing. We are actively pursuing them even if they're not doing what the, what God has called them to do. So if our wife is not doing what, what our wives are called to do, it doesn't matter. We're, we're to love as Christ has loved us unconditionally. And then our children. We're to raise them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. And in that context, in that family unit that God has planted our children in, in a home that loves God and that serves God, well, it's going to be a home of love. Men, we have children all across this country that are absolutely starved, starved of love from their fathers. I mean, you've heard me talk about this. You know the statistics, pastors. We, we know. We've looked at, at fatherhood.gov. We've seen the statistics about what happens when there's a fatherless home. When there's not a man in the home, things go crazy. Kids go wayward. Wives are starved for love. And so our presence in the home is monumental. And when we're out of the home, it's cataclysmic. By the grace of God, we've got to train men to be men who know how to love their children. Love your family. Don't just love them and passively, love them actively like we love our wives. And then we love the church. Now, this is this is crucial. I have to say this because I see pastors, and please, men, pastors, don't fall into this. I see pastors who are loving the world more than they're loving the bride of Christ. And it, it's infuriating. It drives me crazy. I'm going to do an episode on that here soon. As I'm talking, my son Rance, or my son Valor is walking in here. Valor, come in here, buddy. I'm recording. You want to sit with me? You're up too early. Actually, I need to pause and put him to sleep. Just a second. Okay, I'm back. It's 5.17, and Valor woke up, and uh, our kids wake up early. So, okay, refocus here. We have pastors who are really okay offending other Christians right now. And Christians are following suit. And so what's happening is arrows are being shot between Christians. And what I see is those same pastors, they cannot tolerate the world being offended at them. We are not called to love the world. We're just not. We're actually the exact opposite. And I, guys, I'm going to do an episode on this. It just, it's infuriating to see pastors terrified that just cannot stand if the world is offended by them. And so we're called to love the church, not the world. We're called to love the people of God. In fact, Galatians even tells us, let us do good to everyone, especially those of the household of faith. The aim of our love should not be to the world before it is to Christians. And that, when it comes to, I mean, missiologists around the world, I mean, they're just, that drives a missiologist crazy that we're to love the church more than we're to love the world. But when we think about the book of 1 John, what is a marker of being a Christian? Well, it's love of God and love of the church. I mean, if you don't love the brothers, the love of God is not in you. Don't you love the church? Don't first use the law your way out of this here. Don't you love the church, the people of God? As you're sitting down with somebody, or you're going fishing with somebody, or you're talking with somebody, and you hear their story about how Jesus rescued them and saved them and about how much they love the Lord because, of he, did, because he did that, aren't you immediately united with him? When you hear a story of somebody being just quote-unquote radically converted out of drugs and alcohol or somebody who grew up in the church and you just hear them talking about two different stories but the same Savior, don't you love that? 
We love the church, and we've got to be committed to loving the church for the long haul. Again, I'm going to do an episode on this in light of everything we have going on right now. Love, love of the church is crucial. If you don't love the brothers, you don't love God. And so you can't just, you know, can't be like a Jesus and me thing. we got to train our men in this way. We have a lot of people out there thinking that to love the church is just religious. That's just religion, and that's garbage. We've got to train our men to love the church. And pastors, that starts in the, in the local church context, that starts with us. And so we are men who love. We love God. We love our family. We love the church. And then finally, we love our country. We see this in the Apostle Paul. Paul loved his kinsmen. And friends, pastors, it is not cool. If you're in the cool kid club, uh, you are you know how uncool it is to be patriotic. You tell that to the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul loved his kinsmen. He loved his nation. We are to love our country. Now, it doesn't mean love everything about our country, everything our country has ever done. It doesn't mean that at all. But we're to love the place that God has put us. He put us here. He determined the boundaries of our dwelling places. He put us in America. And friends, there is a lot that America got right. And I am so thankful for the country I live in and I love our country. And so I'm going to fight for our country. I'm going to fight the fact that our country was built not on a monarchy, not on white privilege either, by the way. Our country was built on the fact that Lex Rex, the law is king. We understood that the king is not the ultimate authority. The law is the ultimate authority in our land. And that is really important. And so let's be men who love God, love our family, love the church, and love our country. Let's be real men. We are men who worship, work, protect, provide, lead, and love. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.